podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS Missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Don't ever be afraid to come to me and ask a question. And certainly don't ever feel obligated if you do write me an email or call me on the phone or visit me when we have visits again and say, Pastor, I have a question, but it's a stupid one. Number one, because there are no stupid questions. And number two, because the question you are about to ask is probably going to be a very interesting one. Now, I've been a pastor for about 18 years. I have heard a lot of questions. And believe it or not, more than once, I've been asked this one. Pastor, how do I know that I've met the one? How do I know that this is the one who's going to be my husband or going to be my wife? What's the test? What's the multiple choice questions or the true or false that I can give to them and know for sure? Sometimes I just look at them and say, well, did they like the same musical that you do? Now, I can say that because it just so happens that one of the ways that Deb and I knew that we were the ones, I hope she still thinks I'm the one, I still think she's the one, is that we had the same musical at our hearts, which was Into the Woods by Sondheim. Any of you know Into the Woods? It's a retelling of fairy tales, but in a way that tells a much more important story about our world and about what life is like right now in our day and age. Every knot was once straight rope. The knife that's sharp today may be dull tomorrow, and all sorts of other great witticisms that come up in Into the Woods. And great lyrics, because of course you can't have a great musical without great lyrics. And so in the great lament of Act One of Into the Woods, we hear sung these words, no matter what you say, children won't listen. No matter what you know, children refuse to learn. Guide them along the way, still they won't listen. Children can only grow from something you love to something you lose. Now what's interesting about Into the Woods is that at the finale of Act 2, there's another song that's sung to the same tune that completely contradicts what you just heard. Careful the things you say, children will listen. Careful the things you do, children will see and learn. Children may not obey, but children will listen. Children will look to you for which way to turn, so learn what to be. Careful before you say, listen to me, children will listen. So which is it? Children won't listen or children will? And in good Lutheran style, I'm going to suggest to you that perhaps the answer is both. John's words to us over the last few weeks and again this morning in this first letter that he writes to his churches. And John's record of Jesus' words to his disciples on the night in which he is going to be betrayed are really difficult words 
if you are listening, if you're paying attention. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. That's what John writes. That's what his word is to us this morning. And Jesus' words to us are similar. Abide in my love, dwell in my love, rest in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So the first question you should be listening for, the answer to this morning, is what are those commandments? When Jesus says, keep my commandments, what on earth is he talking about? Certainly those of you that have studied the Ten Commandments might immediately be thinking of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not be a false witness, and you shall not want anything that belongs to someone else. Those are tough if you're listening. And they're tough just in the don'ts. They're tough in the obviousness of them. They get even harder if you do to them what Luther did in his catechism, which is to say, these aren't just the things you're not supposed to do. They're also the commandments that the Lord gives us of what to do. Remember that I am your God. Use my name as it should be used and use it often. Don't forsake the assembly of the believers. Respect and honor everyone, everyone in earthly authority, even the people you didn't vote for, even the ones you think are real losers. Protect your neighbor's physical well-being, even when it's annoying, even when it's hard, even when it, as my mom used to say, cramps your style like having to wear a mask or put hand sanitizer on every time we turn around, socially distancing yourself, watching how many people are together in worship or in a store. This is what it means to protect your neighbor's physical well-being. Keep sexuality pure and decent and honored, even in Montreal, even on St. Catherine Street. Not easy to do. Help those around you preserve their goods. Don't just look after your own property and your own car and your own bank account, but help your neighbor preserve theirs. Tell the truth even when it hurts, not just when it's convenient. And be on guard, as good Canadians ought to be, for their neighbor's house and goods and possessions. Are you listening, children? Because these are hard. And then they get worse. Because our Lord and Master Jesus, who is the one who spoke these commandments to Moses on Sinai, comes and says, you've heard it said, 
But I say to you, I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be liable to judgment. And whoever insults his brother or sister will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. You have heard it said, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You have heard it said, I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek also. You have heard it said, love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your family, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the other nations do the same? We expected that Jesus was going to come and tone down the commandments, relax them, lower the bar. We are sorely disappointed because he unveils them in their fullness. If you will listen. And children should listen. Therefore, Jesus says, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. These are the commandments. This is the word that our Lord gives us that we should do these things, but children won't listen. That's why those who believed firmly in their hearts that they were the children of God persecuted Jesus, tried him, handed him over to the authorities, and made sure they saw him crucified. It's why everybody today wants to call themselves child of God. But few, if any, want to listen to what Jesus has to say. As the famous British Catholic G.K. Chesterton once wrote, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found hard and left untried. Or, in the words of Stephen Sondheim, guide them along the way. Still, they won't listen. The amazing thing is that God doesn't stop speaking just because we might have a hard time listening. He keeps doing it over and over again. He gives his words so that we might continue, even when we don't want to, to listen. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And this is not like, 21st century Montreal friendship, like I've got a BFF or I've got this good friend or they're not my friend anymore or I'm going to unfriend them on Facebook. To be a friend of someone in the time of Jesus was a commitment. There was no such thing as a fair weather friend, a friend who was only there when it was convenient. You took on obligations when you were someone's friend. It's kind of like when you pick someone to be your maid of honor or your best man for your wedding. And then they're surprised that 
There's actually a role for the maid of honor and work for the best man. There's stuff you've got to do. You've got to host the parties and you've got to help with the reception and you've got to do a speech at the wedding and you've got all these, these things, right? That's what being a friend of someone meant 2,000 years ago. You were part of a society, a group of people that made a mutual commitment to each other. It is no accident that only in John's gospel, only in John's gospel, is this word of Jesus recorded, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And only in John's gospel do the Jews come to Pilate and say, if you do not crucify this man, you will not be Caesar's friend. The same Jews who when asked, shall I crucify your king, say, we have no king but Caesar. When the Jews say you aren't going to be Pilate's friend, they don't mean you're not going to get to hang out and smoke cigars and have scotch anymore. That's not what happens. It means you've broken your obligation to him and you won't be part of that inner circle where Caesar can trust you and you can trust him. A servant has no obligation from the master. Master doesn't have to do anything for the servants. But if Caesar is your friend, you are obligated to him, but he's also obligated to you. And if Jesus is your friend and you listen to him, not only are we obligated to him, but he also obligates himself to us. And we can only know what Jesus expects of his friends. We can only really know what the Father has commanded if we, and here's the irony, listen to him. We have to be children who listen. In fact, before we do anything as Christians, we are listeners. We could be called, actually, in the world, the religion of hearers, the ones who listen to what our Lord has to say. Back in Luke chapter 10, we have the record of Jesus' encounter with two women in a certain village whose names are Mary and Martha. And you probably know this account. Jesus shows up at their house, and as is tradition, he has showed hospitality. He was in China. Martha would have greeted him at the door and asked, have you eaten yet? To which Jesus would have said, no. And suddenly, there's an obligation. I've got to like find some rice. I've got to make food for you. And that's what Martha does. She gets busy. She is a doer, and she's making food for the Lord and his disciples and the entourage. And while she's running to and fro, her sister Mary plunks herself down in front of our Lord and Master and listens to him. So you've got two kids here. One kid who's busy, who's working, that our society would say is productive is getting stuff done, is going to get good grades, is going to have a good job. The boss can always count on her. She always meets deadline. The reports are always finished. They're always well edited. Mary's the loser on welfare, just sitting there. And when Martha finally goes to Jesus and says, Lord, can you tell my sister to get busy here and help me out, Jesus completely turns the tables on her and says, Mary is doing the better thing. 
which is precisely to sit at my feet and listen. She has chosen the one thing necessary, Jesus said, and it will not be taken from her. Mary hadn't done any commandment keeping, except that she had, because the first commandment, the only commandment that truly matters, is to sit and listen to what our Lord has to say. That's why John can write, and his commandments are not burdensome, because they sure sounded burdensome a few minutes ago, didn't they? You listen to those commandments, and it's a weight. This is a heavy yoke. But John says they're not burdensome. Why? For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And I would add, dot, 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 you cannot have faith unless the first thing you do is listen. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, in brackets, so that you can listen, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. If we don't hear those words, that our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe, Son of the Father, eternally begotten, existing before the foundation of anything and who will exist before the end of anything, chose to come into the world not to be served but to serve. If we never hear that, if we don't listen, we miss out on the joy of hearing what we call ourselves the good news place. We miss out on hearing that good news that before the Lord lays these commandments on us, he first gives us a word of encouragement and joy, which is the word that our sin has been nailed to the cross and we have been forgiven. It is why children must listen and pay attention. This week I posted on Facebook, which I've been doing more and more rarely because Facebook is sort of it's, it's one of those love-hate things, right? It's like St. Catherine Street. There's great stuff down there, and then there's other shifty stuff that you want to walk by very quickly. But I posted about the freedom of the Christian, one of the three works that Luther wrote 500 years ago last year. We were busy with the pandemic, so we didn't really get a chance to really enjoy these works. But one of them, the freedom of the Christian, starts with this paradox, where Luther says a Christian is the freest Lord of all subject to none. And then says, a Christian is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. The child is a king or queen. You're a queen, Lindsay. Susie's a queen. Olivia, you're a queen. The buck stops with you. You're in charge, friends, but you are a king or queen called not to lord it over your servants, but to love them. And who are your servants? Everyone. Only one who is above the commandments can truly keep them. That is the great mystery of faith that Jesus reveals to us. Only once we become Jesus's friends, only once we become lords, in our Lord, 
can we truly begin to keep the commandments? Because before that, the commandments are something we do to earn a wage. But if we are children who sit and listen, and as we listen, realize we are, in fact, children of the Heavenly Father, who will inherit all things that our Father has through His Son, who is our brother. Only then, when we know we already possess all things, can we love and serve our neighbor. Love and serve them as a king or queen serves their people. We are therefore children who listen to the good news. That is what we first and foremost are, that we might also listen to the call to follow our friend, our Lord and Master Jesus. And so as Sondheim wrote, careful what you say, children will listen. Careful you do it too, children will see. And learn, oh, guide them that step away. Children will glisten. You and I will struggle to keep the commandments, even if they are not burdensome. But even so, we abide as children who are listening to Jesus, watching him at work, and learning from him how to live with each other. Children may disobey, but children always listen. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.